Hello and welcome to the Schooner Pod. It finally happened. We can finally just move on. Caleb Williams is officially going to USC. He is a Trojan, enrolled, done and dusted. And uh, side note, Jackson Dart also committed to uh, Ole Miss. So we're moving forward with Dylan Gabriel. We can just do the damn podcast. But let's get this thing started. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me, we got Jameson. We got Ty joining you for a special lunchtime edition of the Schooner Pod. And uh, fellas, it, it finally happened. But Jameson, what was your reaction to the news? And uh, how are you feeling right now? I, I had to be about time. I knew it was coming soon because there's this whole thing of Jackson Dart's waiting on Caleb Williams and his decision. And Jackson Dart wouldn't have made the decision if it wasn't for Caleb Williams already making his. So once Dart's news leaked, it made sense that Caleb Williams probably already put in the paperwork and was already doing stuff um, to get to USC. And we came to find out in that ESPN article, the deadline was Friday. Um, I still bet they could have waited a little bit longer and pulled some strings, but getting in right before the buzzer, that tells you a lot about what Caleb Williams thinks about going to USC if he's taking it right down to the end. Yeah, no, I, I it, it clearly was probably not a quick decision. Uh, I, I, I don't think Caleb is that ridiculous to string it on if he already knew and committed to USC. So clearly he was still trying to bid other teams against him. That Wisconsin rumor was clearly just probably something to you know drive up the price, but you know it's it's done. Ty, your reaction, to everything, and uh, yeah, yeah. I think first off, uh, if if you can kind of zoom out and sort of detach from the emotions of the situation, I think you have to say. And and I want to personally, I don't know if I speak for you guys, but I want to give Caleb Williams credit because I think he did this the right way. You know he. He finished out the season, one, which was huge. He didn't have to do that. That is by far not the expectation in college football nowadays for players or coaches uh, to even play in the bowl game, especially when it's not a, a playoff game. So we got to give him credit for that. Came in, got us another win uh, in a great sort of historic game that we've we've recapped before with, with Stoops and the Oregon rematch and everything. So we got to give him credit for that. He took his time, you know, and and – Drew it out to some extent, but it, you have to understand that he was doing things, you know, behind the scenes, trying to get the best deal for himself. And that's all you can expect from a guy. And and he committed to play for Lincoln Riley in college. He didn't necessarily, you know, commit to come to Oklahoma. He, he's what didn't grow up an OU fan, you know, and, and all that stuff. So you gotta, you gotta know that people are going to do what's best for themselves or what they believe to be best for themselves. And Arguably, this could have been the, the best thing in, in terms of, of his development. You know, it's a, his thoughts are, and, and most people's thoughts are not, how do I win this place a championship? It's, you know, a pit stop on their way to to the league uh, to get stomped by, by Joe Burrow. So it's really, you can't, uh, I don't think you can fault him too much. And, and uh, I guess I want to take the positive route here also to say that this is good that we now finally have news, you know, a, a firm definitive news that you can act on, you know, whether it's our staff coming up with plans or potentially other people transferring in, or even just the fans having that, you know, understanding of, of what's going to go on or storylines to talk about, uh, which everyone loves. So getting news is better than this going throughout the entire summer, you know, cause there was a potential that this was just going to go through the whole summer, us never knowing what was going to happen. So I think it's good. And uh, I, I don't think anyone should be too angry at, at Caleb Williams. 
Yeah, and I I get the vitriol. Um, I get that people are upset. You know, it it's tough to have your guy who was that good leave to you know not just anywhere but USC, who just kind of had had pilfered, pilfered us. But you know, let's be honest. This is something we thought was going to happen. Something we expected was going to happen. Um, and I I agree. I think you got to give him credit for staying for the bowl. You know, I thought he did that perfectly well. The issue I have is kind of with the whole process. But at the end of the day, you got to remember, this kid's like an 18-year-old guy. He, he, he is a kid. Um, and when your dad or your family tells you to do something, you probably listen to him. Uh, and let's let's just kind of be honest. You know, this it's frustrating. I agree. But I, 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 I just can't have the same anger at this guy that I do with like a Lincoln Riley who is a grown adult and intentionally screwed OU over all the way through. Um, at, at least link look, at least Caleb played it, played every single game, actually cared about the season all the way through something Lincoln Riley clearly did not. Uh, if you want to be mad at Lincoln for it, be mad at Lincoln for it. If you want to be mad at Carl Williams or the Williams camp for trying to play this out into a big old NIL dog and pony show, be mad at them. And, and yeah, you can be frustrated with Caleb. It's, it's, it's an, it's an unfortunate decision, but at the same time, it's still, you know, he's not, he's not exactly, you know, fully in charge of this, of, of his life here, uh, which is uh, yeah. unfortunate. And I, I, I get that people are like, Oh, we don't need to feel sorry for him. Just move on. Just move on. Mm-hmm. My, my thing, Bobby is I feel like people are pissed off about how it was played out and trying to get the best NIL deal, but think about your life. Think about just something as simple on a micro scale, because you can't compare this situation in yourself to what he has at his hands and the value he has to bring of pitting colleges against each other to get a certain deal. Think about you negotiating your cable, for example. I'm going to call AT&T, and I'm going to pit them against Cox because I want to get a good deal on my cable. Does that mean I'm any kind of a lesser of a person for doing that? No, I'm just using the resource and the leverage that I have at hand. And I think that's what Caleb Williams did. And I think it's smart to do that because you don't get that opportunity often to get that kind of value extracted. And I think he did what he had to do. So I, I don't get the, you know, the anger about him. Oh, he's just using this to try to get more money and a better deal. Why not try that? Of course you should try that. You're an 18 year old, 19 year old. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, sure. Yeah, I get that. I, I think there's a lot of upset, like upset feelings because that's kind of not how college football has been. And it, um, but that's how it is now. I, it's, 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 it's know, changing. It's, you, you got to keep up with the times. You can't be this like person stuck in the times like, well, I'm going to stick to my guns and do things the old way. And if you did that, you'd never sign up for the internet. You'd never be, you know, using email anymore. And I'd be sending letters every single time in the mail. You've got to adapt to new times. And whenever there's leverage at hand, there's a value for you to extract, you use it. And if you ignore that value that you have at your hands, it's stupid and non profitable. Well, I, oh. I, look, I get that. Yeah, but I, I feel like he definitely – this sort of decision should have been quicker. It should have been faster. I, I feel like it was probably just kind of in disregard to, you know, OU. And OU cut cut that rope because that, you know, they wanted to move on from that. And I don't blame them from it. It it was a – it just went on for too long. I did not really uh, appreciate some of it. I get having meetings. I get seeing what you can get out of it. But um, I feel like this is it, like in general, probably bad for Caleb in, in terms of in terms yeah. of, you know, he, he he's missed a couple ca- like day like weeks of camp. 
it, it, it sends a bad message to both locker rooms uh, or any locker room he steps into. He is anointed this as this, you know, savior in a, in a, in a, in a different type of way. And it just, it, it rubbed me a little bit the wrong way. I, I personally agree with OU for moving on from him. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I, I can't, I can't be mad at him, but I can be like, okay, yeah, I, I'm, that's not, that's not how I would the want si- my program to be run all the, the way. The situation sucks, but I'm not mad at Caleb. I'm not, I'm mad no. at the situation. The, the fact that it is something that could happen is uh, frustrating that they did not have guidelines against this sort of thing to hap- happen. So, yeah, I, I will say a, a, a a, uh, a quote comes to mind from the uh, from the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie, and uh, Jack Sparrow says, uh, it, "This is a quote by by Jack Sparrow who says, me, I'm dishonest, and a dishonest person you can always trust to be dishonest. It's the honest ones you have to look out for.'" And that sort of comes to mind when I think about the the Lincoln Riley Caleb Williams situation. Was we assume that Lincoln Riley was an honest person, and and that's how we got burned. Whereas Caleb Williams, if you understand, you're not saying he's dishonest, but but the uh, the individual that's doing the best, you know, thing in their interest, you can trust that they're always going to do that. I, I do think, I personally, I, I think there there are secondary and tertiary and and, and down the road effects uh, that prevented this, but I think it would have been a a massive flex by OU, and and uh, I would have loved had the second that Caleb Williams announced he was going into the transfer portal. Venables and OU to just announce, hey, we're cutting him from the team, uh, you know, which would have been a, a cool flex, but you never know how people are going to spend that in the recruiting and, and how potential players are are going to look at that. So we are uh, we're sort of writing the the rule book here uh, in this in this new era of college football. You know, OU is is we didn't win the championship. You know, we weren't nationally competitive this year, but we're on the forefront of of sort of shaping the future of the sport with all this stuff that's occurring because all the other schools are looking at this. This is the biggest talking point is, is these new rules that have been implemented uh, when it comes to transfers, when it comes to, to pay and everything else. And OU is right in the midst of this uh, is sort of getting a, as far as we can tell right now, maybe a short stick, uh, in the deal. And, and what we're seeing now with OU is historic, not only to OU, but I really think that all the other schools are going to see this, the other governing bodies, whether it be the conferences, the NCAA, or, or who knows what the future holds are going to see this. And a lot of people are going to understand, you know, what happened to OU could happen to anyone. Maybe we need to change these rules around, particularly with with eligibility of, of transferring, I think is, is going to be a big one. So, and, and I do have to say again, you know, OU fans, I think this stings a little bit more for us because we're not used to this. We, we've talked about these sort of tenured coaches, you know. If you're a Florida fan, um, you know, you didn't have the same reaction when Urban Meyer went to Ohio State after i'm sure there were a lot of them that were burned but they're not it's just not the norm across college football that you have these sort of long tenured coaches may i guess at bama you can argue with with bear bryant and now nick saban uh, especially they're sort of more used to they would be very affected you know if saban went somewhere else but um and i will say with florida urban retired uh one of his infamous you know i need to retire from my health sort of deals um but um yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot of anger with Lincoln, and I, I think that's a lot of like I think that's fair. But um, yeah, no, I, 
I, I don't know. I quarterbacks don't usually leave OU like this. Um, and I understand getting burnt. Well, we that's we a long time ago, that. but <laughs> that was a little different. Troy Hickman was was uh, Spencer Rattler, but uh, actually got hurt instead. So do it, not do that. Oh, you got Troy oh, you got Aikman. He would call Troy Aikman Spencer Rattler. He was well. Wait, that's I think this is a good segue into what are we going to remember from the Caleb Williams era of of OU because by God that that Red River win was amazing, but. I think you have to remember like the good parts, just like, you know, I, I feel like I remember the good parts of, you know, Kevin Durant, you know, at, 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 in Oklahoma city, you you remember that, that Texas comeback. Uh, you remember that, you know, really weird Kansas play. Um, and the fact, I, I feel like he truly did give it all, give it his all at OU every snap out there. And that's all I can ask of the guy, uh, after the season, that's, I guess now wherever you go. But, um, I, I think you look back on him fondly and i i think he becomes kind of a new what if in the same sense of uh you know we look, how we look back on Mar- at marcus dupree and obviously different situations um you know and i'm not calling caleb williams marcus dupree by any means uh in in terms of character or anything it would be but- it would be hateful and wrong to say that you wish that caleb williams becomes the next marcus dupree i'm not saying i wish that but I would not be mad, and I would I would get some laughs out of it if he did. I I, I definitely want him to regret his decision. So uh, I don't know. That's, I, I think the best Caleb never does. Was part two. I think Caleb does regret this decision. I I feel like yes, that we're as fans we're going to remember a lot of the good things, and I think Caleb Williams is going to do the same thing. I believe if he had it optimally and he could go back and change his cards up, he'd want to stay at OU. I saw a tweet from Sam Mays, and he said. Caleb Williams screwed up so bad that because if he would have stayed here at OU, he would have been like the savior, like the Russell Westbrook kind of comparison, make another Thunder comparison of the guy who stays and stays loyal during a tumultuous time of, you know, heartache and betrayal and leading up a wonderful charge in this transition period. But guess what? That wasn't the case because I really think it's because of OU's end. I think they saw this situation and they said, okay, I see Caleb Williams entering the portal no matter what here. It's going to happen. He's going to entertain his offers. And there's a chance he could stay. There's a pretty good chance he could stay. But there's also a pretty darn good chance that he could leave. And in this period where we just lost our coach and we're getting ready to move to the SEC, can we take that risk to go after or put all of our eggs in one basket on Caleb Williams? And even though with Caleb Williams as the quarterback, we'd have a higher ceiling. What happens if we do that and then we don't get him and that we don't get a guy like Dylan Gabriel or, you know, another transfer quarterback. And in the most important position on our team, we don't have anyone to do um, to play that position. And they said, I'm not going to take that kind of risk because that could stunt our program for 10 years to move forward a bad couple of years before the SEC recruiting will therefore follow. If we have a bad couple of years thinking that we're just going to be some poor man's SEC team, like the next, you know, like not Vanderbilt, but you know, like a Kentucky level thing, Arkansas. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like Arkansas, it's just not worth the risk. And OU decided to move on and didn't shut the door on Caleb, but moved on from him. And therefore Caleb was stuck. Should I go with a guy that I don't trust? You just betrayed me that I moved halfway across the country to go. And now I have to move full across the country to go with him. Or should I go to a program that's given up on me pretty much, is already going to keep Dylan Gabriel, isn't giving me the offers that I want? 
what, what, what's that face, Bobby? You don't think that Dylan Gabriel uh, Dylan Gabriel is going to stay either way? Well, no, I, I was saying I don't think that OU gave up on him. I think that they, they didn't. I wasn't match. saying they didn't shut the yeah. door. They just yeah. weren't. They weren't entertained. They weren't giving him his presentation that he wanted. He didn't want all of the crazy, you know, whatever the. They weren't playing that game because it just wasn't the worth rumored. the effort. They were taking. They were taking the the middle road. They were hedging their bets, making sure that they didn't stunt their program for the next ten years by going all in on Caleb, giving all this effort and then not landing him. Well. It- yeah, you know, and you know, some of the rumors I had heard, you know, are definitely insanely high up there. Uh, and it's, uh, it, it was a lot to ask. It wasn't just like, please give me money, or you know, uh, it wasn't like you know, Texas's you know little um, NIL deal they have for their linemen. It wasn't that level at all. It was a, a level that was frankly too high uh, for really anyone to offer. Um, and honestly, it's just. Uh, it was too much. And OU shutting the door, I thought they navigated it perfectly. They they heard him out They and turned him down, frankly, because some things are just a little too much. And I'll put it this way. OU is in a better place um, with Dylan Gabriel than USC is with Caleb Williams right now. In the interim. In the interim, this year, entering 2022. I would say that OU is in a better place than Caleb Williams is at USC, uh, just football-wise. Um, this was not a very good decision, I would say, uh, for Caleb. He, the, even though USC has, you know, uh, Travis Dye and has had some big transfers, I just, I, I personally don't see it as, you know, like a, um, I, I, I honestly just don't see it like being a massive sort of deal. Um in terms of, I, I, they're not going to compete. They're not going to beat Utah, I don't think. Um, their offensive line is their problem. They're big guys on both sides of the ball. Um, we see all these USC transfers, all these skill positions, all these flashy five stars. But what we're not seeing are the big guys. So that's their problem right now, and that'll come with time. Um, but are this you tra- season, are you're you trying to tell right. me that? Are you trying to tell me that a Lincoln Riley team might have uh, a lot of flash, but there are underlying problems? Hmm. hmm. I don't think we've before. seen that. No, never. Oh no! Offensive line wins football games. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my, my foot down on that one. Most important position in college football. Yeah, I, I do want to hit on it, it's a, it's sort of an interesting point in, in college football right now, uh, and I think it's, it's the NIL thing that's really accentuating this, uh, and, and to some extent, the, I wouldn't necessarily consider us the media because uh, we're not now bigger influencing things but but the media as well because the media needs storylines and i'm talking like espn like pe- people that that generate the storylines and sort of influence what people are talking about uh one of the reasons why basketball i has a tremendous advantage in, in sort of storylines is individual players are so crucial just adding one guy to your team because that's 20 percent of of your players on the field by just adding one superstar uh, can can win you a championship in basketball. I don't think that matters as much in, in college football, but with the NIL, with these big names, with all the money flowing into recruiting and, and everything else, and, and the media's need to, to generate these sort of storylines and conversations to generate clicks and, and views and everything else, there's this massive emphasis on individual players um, that is, you know, you have this idea, oh, if I get this one guy, that's going to win me the, the championship. And you go look at all of these these teams that are winning championships. It's the teams. It's not, you know, a star quarter. I, 
I would challenge, I, I can name a few, but I feel like most casual fans couldn't even name half of the Bama quarterbacks that have won championships with their dynasty. I know there's a few sort of big names, but most of them are insignificant guys. And we just saw it in the NFL even with, not that he's necessarily not that good. He, he has two rings as a backup, but Jimmy Garoppolo being one throw away from being in the Super Bowl, you know, it's, we get these, these big star quarterbacks in, in the NFL and then also in college and sometimes other big star players, but usually the quarterback. And you get this idea that that is the guy uh, that's going to be a, a ringmaker for you. And that's, that's not the case when it comes to, to football. And I feel like that's sort of artificially inflated to some extent, you know, we're doing the same thing because it's a big deal. If we, we have linemen and whatever else in the transfer portal, we didn't give them a dedicated episode when they left like Caleb Williams. Uh, but you know, it's, it's what's interesting, but I, I would not, you know, the, the ship is not sinking because we've lost this one little piece. Uh, and, and like you guys are saying, and I'm, I'm a hopeful thinker. I think a lot of OU fans feel this way. I'm excited to be moving to just fundamental, not exciting football because that's what wins championships. You know, a good linemen, good lines, good defenses are are what's going to take us to the next level, not sort of flashy, gimmicky, you know, like Mario Williams, you know, I, not to be bitter because he left, but the guy is like 5'8 in reality. I think he's listed at like 5'9. He's like 5'8 maybe. Uh, potentially even, you know, shorter than that. He's not going to be a, a national championship sort of caliber guy, no matter how skilled he is, because people are just going to match him up against cornerbacks that are tall. But so, come on, come on now. You so, got to think about small guys have always worked in national championships, you know. Because not as WR1s, Sterling though. Shepard. Not as WR1s, though. Well, Sterling okay. Shepard was WR1, yeah. DD Westbrook. Yeah, how many national championships did Sterling Shepard win exactly? So you can't move the goalposts on me. I said national championships. I know you got guys. Wide receivers don't make national championships, though. I'm I'm just thinking of Hunter. You need good ones. You need if if you're basing your offense around a quarterback, you need receivers that are going to be open for him to throw to. You know, Hunter Renfro's route running and quick feet were the reason that Clemson. Hunter Renfro was why Clemson won a national championship. Well, no, he's the one who clinched it. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying I understand that, but but you got to have those guys. But obviously, I think we're agreeing here that wide receivers are obviously aren't going to win you the championships. But I think it's a huge piece to have a guy like you know Mario Williams for a guy like Caleb Williams. Um, Wide receivers can get open in college football are usually more powerful to me than six foot for, you know, bought guys to just go up and get it. Like I think Hunter Renfro is, you know, a scarier wide receiver in college than a Mike Williams. If you're talking about Clemson comparisons, even though both of them are stellar, you know, very, very highly sought after NFL prospects. um, But they just kind of works different from pro to college. Um, So I, I think USC going forward is a team to watch. I think absolutely they have plenty of flash around them and their recruiting is going to continue to pick up in that West coast. There's going to be plenty of offensive and defensive linemen. that are going to commit to that new team rather than going to cross the nation to the sec because it's closer to home. Um, you see a lot, there's a lot of really big kids playing in the West coast, but right now I feel like there's a lot of comparisons saying like, Oh, USC's recruiting cycle sucks this year. Look at what they did compared to OU. They brought in some really big high-end players. They just didn't have a lot of guys commit because this was a very tumultuous time. And a coach coming in here at the last second, 
you know, and trying to make up all this work, it's hard to make that happen. But next cycle, I'm not surprised the USC is a top five program, no doubt. Well, yeah, oh, yeah. I sure. mean, the issue, the the issue definitely isn't you know long term. They'll they'll get it figured out if Lincoln can you know get the pieces in and you know start winning games. Uh, you know, I, I would say if it if it doesn't pick up by year three, then you start to have a problem. Um, but we'll see. I I just don't see it right now. Um, at all. The, the US this USC team is 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 uh, quite honestly, piss poor roster wise. Um, obviously you can't pin the, the recruiting class that Lincoln Riley just showed up on all on him. It was actually way worse before he got there. It was like ranking around like Eastern Michigan, but you know, um, what do you, my, my thing is I, I just, I don't see it working out right now. Um, and in terms of how USC improves, Lincoln Riley has got to be a better coach. Um, he's, he, he did really well with, high level guys and you know with a pre-built system but he's got to build this thing up um and how i mean he 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 steamrolled the big 12 with with better guys and then you know would botch a game or two how many games does he botch with you know less talent we'll see well i i will say i i think it is i'm very happy in the next couple of years that we have the playoff um because uh, I don't. I'm not saying I wish the worst for for Lincoln Riley and, and USC, but I, you know, it would hurt to to see them be tremendously successful. And I think with their, they have a. I think their conference is more competitive than the Big Twelve. Uh, not saying they're better, but I, I'm. I think it is the teams are more equal. You know, it's it's not as top heavy. You know, it it is very top heavy, but the big 12, you don't have sort of the variety, you know, there where, where it's as competitive where you have teams like Arizona state and, and whatever else. And and that can go off on a whole tangent, but I, I think it is a little bit more competitive, but I think USC has such hype and such brand name and they're out there on their own. It's going to be very easy for them to just get tremendous sort of hype in, in the media, especially, you know, what their out of conference is going to be like, what, like Notre Dame every year or something that, that now is, is, probably on a downturn. So I could see USC being a perennial top five team, even if the numbers don't match up just because they're in an easier conference and they have all this hype and then going into the playoffs and being the Notre Dame or the, as much as it hurts me to say, because uh, we did have a competitive year in, in 2017, but Lincoln Riley and OU in the playoffs where where this team that puts up really impressive numbers has flashy skill players that win the individual awards uh, but we're fundamentally flawed teams that are relying on sort of trick plays and, and gimmicks to and, and sooner magic or, or Trojan magic or whatever to, to get us through. And then we face up against these fundamental teams uh, that are just built as, as juggernauts uh, and, and get embarrassed. And I think that that's the most probable case for, for USC. I think they will struggle initially. That's how everyone does rebuilding, but I think they will get good and they'll get a ton of national hype uh, with just, bias and nostalgia and, and, you know, money and everything else. But I don't think that they're going to build a team around the staff that they brought in. That's going to be a fundamental, you know, team. And, and this sounds bitter to say, but I, if you roll the tapes back back as early as late September, uh, I got burned a couple times on the podcast for saying, Hey, maybe the coaching staff is the problem because they took over a, a successful team, you know, and you guys kind of cold take me at the time. And it was kind of a cold take. Uh, at the time, but I've been saying for a while, you know, maybe there's some flaws in in this sort of 
system when it comes to winning national championships, which is the standard. Obviously, it was good enough to win to win Big 12. We probably would have won it this year had had Lincoln remained fully committed to, you know, the program because, uh, you know, that old bedlam drama and everything else. But um, and I think USC is, you know, they've copy and pasted literally our, our quarterback, our, our OC, our head coach, our DC uh, and a lot of other stuff. They've copy and pasted. And I think they have a conference championship machine uh, that they built over there, especially with the amount of money and, and resources that they have. But I don't think I think it's a fundamentally flawed sort of strategy that, that Lincoln Riley brings uh, as a head coach. And I don't know that it's going to make them what they want to be. Well, I mean, you know, OU struggled to beat Kansas with Caleb Williams, Mario Williams, and a worse team, uh, or sorry, a better team. And now they're just putting them on a worse team, same coach. I, we'll see how it works out. Um, but I for one am okay, and it, I think y'all are too probably to just close the door on USC, ignore them out West, and just like every year, we'll forget <laughs> about the Pac-12 as a whole in October. Uh, that's as that's is such tradition. a lie. Yeah, it, and the good news is... I want to, though. We should, well, we yeah, should move if we on. we want to, and we can, we won't, uh, because the storylines persist, you know, but I I will say it is... It's important to know that that we are... We're sort of done with it now. You know, we're we're through it. The last big domino has has fallen. We knew it was going to fall, and we don't have to worry about it, and if, if you so desire, you can just push forward. So... The moment we've been waiting for since September, God, that feels like a billion years away, is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. And, big news, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. However... If DraftKings isn't available in your state yet, like Oklahoma, you can always play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. You know I'm drafting Mixon and P. Ryan easy. Of course, new customers can get a free shot at a $1 million top prize with their first deposit. So, what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code TPPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 and up. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN Redline at 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467 467- Three six nine. Yeah, 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 for sure. And you know, let's 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 uh, talk about a little bit of OU stuff a little bit later. Uh, you know, obviously have signing day uh, coming up this week. Um, and Jameson, j- just kind of a little bit of a primer. We'll go in depth when it happens. But uh, what is this new regime? What is what is the uh, Brent Venerable's uh, culture and system? H- how is it? How is it being built? What are the early days of the building blocks like? 
Yeah, it seems like he's really putting out some positive vibes to like the culture. Everyone's really liking the way he conducts himself. Um, there seems to be a quite a, a noticeable difference compared to him and Lincoln in the way he carries himself as a human being, and it's coming off as a very positive thing to the families and vis- that are visiting. So let's let's talk about um, kind of what we're seeing for this uh, national signing day. That's going to be tomorrow, Wednesday and kind of what to expect in the future. Um, I'd mentioned this on, on the past pods, but we've been seeing this in the recruits. Brent Venables does not want you visiting other places unless you're an Oklahoma commit. And I mean, if you're an okay, I, I worded that poorly. If you're an Oklahoma commit, you do not want, you cannot take other, other visits. He's very old fashioned. You've got to do it. Um, you got to stay in Oklahoma's boat and you can't look in other waters. So uh that kind of shows you a lot whenever you see recruits start to cancel their visits after an OU visit because they're like, okay, then that means it's probably a true Oklahoma commit. So first of all, that get, that's where I'm talking about Jamari Burt, a guy that I did not talk about on last week's podcast um, that should be signing here this week and with OU because he canceled his Missouri visit. He's a safety and straight up athlete, six foot one guy that we've came in on late. And it looks like if he's canceling his visits and he just took a visit to OU, that kind of tells us that he's probably leaning OU. So um, Jamarian Burt, put that name in the back of your head. He's another Florida kid that we're going after um, that probably will be signing with OU this week. Uh, More guys that we have to talk about uh, that we're looking at that are Florida guys, specifically Grayson Halton and R. Mason Thomas, I hit on them. Looks like Miami's hitting them hard, um, but we don't know if we're going to come out on top or Miami's going to come out on top, the hometown team or the, the guy that the coach that they like better. And, you know, I said last week that I was feeling a little bit more Miami, but it's probably looking more OU now. So those are two big defensive linemen that um, are looking to come from Florida and hopefully sign with Oklahoma this week. Our Mason Thomas current Iowa State commit um, would decommit from Iowa State to either go to Miami or us. Uh, and then Amon Moten, interior defensive lineman, who's got Miami legacy in his family, but is telling people that that is not a factor in his decision-making. Uh, a couple more things before we open for conversation. Uh, Devon Campbell, offensive lineman t- out of Texas, between OU and Texas, probably going to choose the NIO deal Texas. Uh, Gentry Williams will sign with OU um, after publicly committing to us again on um, Twitter through his photo shoots. And then I kind of want to talk about this a little bit because it's a fun little topic, especially for a couple of us that are that went to Heritage Hall. Um, getting the next Wes Welker, what people are talking about, um, and Gavin Freeman turning down a Texas Tech scholarship and then taking a preferred walk on from OU. I understand. He is a, you know, an OU legacy, but turning down a full ride scholarship to Texas Tech to go to OU, that's crazy. Yeah, no, and I, I think, you know, obviously the uh, legacy aspect of it is uh, pretty major. And, you know, it's, it, it's pretty cool because he's obviously bought into OU. He's obviously in on it. Um, I think that's, I, I think that's huge. And I, I will say, it also kind of signifies something to me that I, we've seen recently is uh, a bigger emphasis on Oklahoma guys, um, which is something that we've talked about on the show quite a bit, that 
Um, there were issues where, you know, Tulsa guys wouldn't go with OU because of kind of a perceived slight uh, with, with Lincoln. You know, they, they, we, we lost a lot of guys. Dax Hill is one of them, uh, you know, and it seems like this staff early on is hitting Oklahoma hard. Uh, even though a guy might not have as many stars or might be a little smaller, um, you know, it seems like they're they're kind of trying to make that a priority, which I think could be a pretty big game changer. So, so just to clarify, a a guy from Heritage Hall in Oklahoma City not getting an offer from OU, but then having to walk on to OU, is indicative of the staff preferring Oklahoma guys now. There are other. Like guys, particular like in like across the board. This is kind of a weird outlier, I suppose. <laughs> I, I think that's the fact. No, that I, I feel like, yeah. yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Uh, that's a good point, though. <laughs> if uh, very, very, that's actually a good, pro- uh, you know, contradiction there, but and not exactly the right one to bring up because there are other guys who you know have have had interest well, and, and have been kind of. Yeah. And, and I, I do want to say, you know, there is potential if if he went to not to too much mental gymnastics or, or sort of jump through too many hoops. But it, if he went to Heritage, right, he's getting a, a tuition cut by like 50 percent uh, when it comes to, to OU tuition. So there is potential that he is sort of a, you know, like a, a Drake Soup's style, style team player, or even Brady when he took pay cuts at, at the Patriots, where you're looking at a thing like, hey, well, we'll you will play. You know, we're going to give you a shot to play. But hey, do you want to be a team player? Be a preferred walk-on for a little bit. It's not going to be a financial hardship at all for your family to pay in-state at at OU, and we can give that scholarship to someone else. Uh, so there's potential maybe that that something like that is going on for for a little bit too to to give OU the benefit of the doubt when it comes to to preferring the guy that that took a preferred walk-on as yeah, well. That, that I, stuff I think- does happen. I think it's a smart play. And Drake Stoops is a different situation because he's getting his school paid for no matter what. But looking at Freeman, if they really liked his tape, which his tape is really fun to watch. I've watched it many times. You know, obviously he runs all over the field, breaks all kinds of tackles, makes moves. Um, but you look at his situation, an OU legacy where his dad played. Um, he's financially well off if he's going to a school like Heritage Hall, a private school in Oklahoma City. And he has an offer another place they could say i like this kid but i don't like him enough to you know give him a scholarship so let's take a gamble here we're off on preferred walk-on which probably means you're going to get a scholarship in two years so it's almost like a half scholarship because that's how the majority of times works for people that stick through it and you can kind of head your bets on it and say like okay you can come i feel pretty good probably he'll end up coming if we give him this preferred walk-on deal and maybe there's some kind of little money on the side. Who knows how NIL works with that nowadays? Um, and he'll come either way, and we don't have to spend our scholarship number on them. And we didn't take that many people in this recruiting class. We lost a lot of decommits. So this just keeps you more flexible moving towards with the portal. And we've seen it times in the past, and I don't think we'll see it much in the future, but where certain colleges can't take a guy because they don't have a scholarship spot in the portal, and it's a guy that could really, really help them. 
Um, so I feel like a lot of teams, almost kind of similar, I hate to keep on making NBA references, but a lot of teams don't pick all 15 players on their team. They leave 14 players, so they have that chance to take a buyout, a.k.a. a transfer portal. Keep a couple of open scholarships throughout the year, and if you want and if you want a guy through the portal, you take them. But if not, you can give those scholarships to the preferred walk-ons at the end of the year if you don't land the people that you want. Yeah, no, that flexibility is huge, um, especially because, I mean, keep in mind, Brent's only been on the job, what, two months? So, like, you know, there, there will be some time to evaluate the portal. Uh, you know, portal is always live. Um, a lot of guys, you know, I mean, not for spring, you know, you're not going to get anyone in before, you know, a spring game or anything for sure. Um, but, you know, fall transfers, that's a thing. So, um, that's definitely. We can still get guys to join this football team before the season. This is not over just because there is a deadline for you to attend spring classes. That's more for like academic, like eligibility and stuff like that. Getting your classes done so you can like move on towards eligibility requirements for like NFL draft and stuff. Um, but th- there's going to be people that are going to enter the portal here in you know, in this coming spring. And we're going to probably pick them up. I-, I saw something in our chat a little bit earlier from one of our um, guys that, and popping into the chat very frequently, 1982 Boomer Center talking about what happens if Dylan Gabriel goes down. Um, do we turn to a walk-on? Do we turn to, you know, Evers, the true freshman? And the, the true fact of it is, is now that, you know, our guys are gone, these high swings and Dart and Caleb Williams, we can just take our time because, yes, we do not have an optimal backup situation, but our quarterbacks don't get hit that much in practice and in training that the chance of him getting injured in practice is low. And we can be very, very patient with the portal. And I would not be surprised if we see a pretty competent quarterback hit the portal. That could be a very solid backup for OU and an insurance policy. A guy that's a little bit older, that's been around, that we'd feel very good at being behind Dylan Gabriel. I, I agree. Getting an insurance type of quarterback, priority number one in the portal. Well, and that's that's something that that finally having news with with Caleb Williams opens up because, like we sort of talked about earlier, not not to rehash old conversations, but even for for USC, the the Jackson Dart uh, transfer, which he he is transferring to to Ole Miss, uh, so that was you know Ole Miss was tied up in this whole situation as as well, and and just there's so many effects of of finally getting news that now you got people that are potentially looking at the portal probably. I, I honestly believe, I don't know that it's going to be a big name or a super significant guy, but I 100% believe OU is going to pick up at least one more quarterback in the transfer portal uh, in this offseason. And and now you have a, a thing where people are looking, not to disparage Dylan Gabriel, but, but guys are looking at, hey, where am I going to go? Do I want to have a quarterback battle against Caleb Williams and Dylan Gabriel potentially at OU if I try to transfer there? Uh, to play for for Levy, or am I going to have a quarterback battle against just Dylan Gabriel, uh, which, you know, just based on basic statistics, it's already a better case, uh, regardless of who's better or not better. So I think this does open up the potential for uh, OU to get another significant quarterback in potentially. Uh, but if not, I think 100% OU is going to pick up at least another quarterback in the transfer portal in this offseason. I, I think that without a doubt, that's going to occur. I, I'm not saying it's going to be someone significant, breaking news, you know, big storylines. It'll probably be a guy at a, a Power 5 program that hasn't ever really started a snap even, potentially. Uh, you know, like a, a younger guy, probably not a superstar, but 
it, it will happen, I think, without a doubt. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, the transfer portal always there, – there will always be someone looking for uh, greener grass. And, um, yeah, uh, kind of early on, if you're looking at, well, am I going to be like that third-string guy or the second-string guy? Uh, and Jackson Dart is looking at going, oh, you, you probably um, – probably not wanting to transfer at that time. So uh, we'll see how it, how it goes for there. But um, yeah, we can officially begin like the true off season out with the old in with the new. I, I feel like this was the last bit of fallout from uh, the Lincoln Riley decision. I, I think things going forward, not going to be as messy. Uh, obviously this is OU football. So, you know, things are always complicated, but this feels like the last big kind of thing from that decision from this insane insane 2021 year um and we can finally put that to rest and move forward towards the brent venerables era definitely definitely and like i said earlier we're not gonna still move forward because everyone's gonna be all eyes on usc this year there, there's no doubt about it um yeah, I we have not I don't, have a, I don't have a segment every week where we talk about lincoln riley no. and what they're doing though that's you know what i mean no like, we're not gonna have a segment about them you know what I mean? Like, I, I know, and I know that's not what you're proposing, but I'm just like, I just, I, I'm, I'm ready to just, if they come oh, yeah. up on the it's, it's, spread or something, yeah. Yeah, it's the off season right now. We're, we're pushing for content right now, and thankfully we got plenty of content that we were given to us. But, I mean, I know that, you know, Ty and Bobby and I have been cooking up some good ideas um, of things to talk about in the off season when news is a little bit more quiet. So we're going to keep pushing episodes out for y'all. So um, people who are listening live, just kind of seeing this, you know, hit the subscribe button on our YouTube, hit the notification, make sure you know whenever we're going live. Um, check us out on wherever you get your podcast too, because we'll be continuing to put out OU football content the whole year. Yeah, no, and uh, if you're just joining us now, feel free to, you know, this this is about to end. You can rewind, check that out. Uh, just hit 200 subscribers on YouTube. Thank y'all so much. Uh, a lot of y'all came here during the uh, the Brent saga and all that wildness in December. Uh, and we're looking forward to hanging out with y'all throughout the offseason and, uh, you know, really getting into the meat of the schedule once again uh, in the far, far distant future. But, um, you know, I, we really appreciate y'all, uh, you know, joining us and giving us a chance. And, you know, uh, yeah, we got a lot of cool stuff coming your way. So thank you so much for, for the subs and um, welcome to the squad. Uh, so, Yeah. Ty? Tune in. Next podcast, because we do one every week. Uh, we're contractually obliged to, thanks to our, our friends at the Pigskin Podcast Network and DraftKings. Uh, if you're in a state that allows DraftKings, or if you're not, get a VPN and sign up for DraftKings <laughs> with promo code oh, no, TPPN. Do not illegally use DraftKings. Please do not. <laughs> uh, commit crimes on behalf of the Spooner Pod. <laughs> Anyways, tune in hypothetically. Uh, just for legal reasons. We'll bring on our Schooner Pod legal counsel. Actually, that could be an interesting bit. We'll bring on our, our resident attorney uh, in Texas, which is where we're going to have to incorporate, I guess, because that's where our attorney oh, is, uh, to talk about the legalities of sports betting. But... Um, Tune into the next. Tune into the next Schooner Pod next week, uh, where I have a special segment on a, a special time in history when OU had two NCAA football teams, the Sooners and the Zoomers, uh, 
And the more successful team is not the one that you would expect. So quick. Break. Yeah, no, we, we definitely need to do a, a zoomers show. That was, that, that is truly one of the cooler things that I'd found out this year. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. The AP ranked Norman zoomers. Uh, I might add. So yeah, we got a lot of fun, creative stuff, a lot of different stuff from what you're usually used to. Uh, you know, we, so yeah, we hope to have a good time and uh, we hope to see you next time on the schooner pod. Uh, for me, Ty Jameson, this has been uh, this has been our little break in Caleb news. So we can finally move on. Everyone in the comments, it's over. We can move on. Lincoln, You're suck good. on this. What is that? A rock? Why do you have a rock that says suck on this? Do you not I, understand the reference? It's a medical I thing. You wouldn't, you wouldn't get it. It's from the office. It's the gift Michael gave to Toby. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I, it's been a while. I need to rewatch it. So, oh, is it like a stress ball? Actually, no. I, there is was a things? stress ball that I had here. I used it a lot, but I think I broke it. All right, all right. Cut Bye, us off, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. <laughs>